This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, welcome everybody. Thank you everyone for coming. We have a very important, interesting topic tonight, which is relevant for the upcoming Yom Tif of Shavuos, Habalein Olatayva. And uh, we're going to begin with uh, a dilemma, a great dilemma, that the Chassam Seifer had. And the uh, Chassam Seifer tells us in his Chidushim, on Masechta Avodah Zarah, Dafsamach Gimel Amad Beis. And he writes like this. You look, we have it underlined. It says, V'yagati harbe, I toiled greatly. V'loimot sasi, I have not found a source for the following rule. Minolon l'rabbanon ha. How do the rabbis know? The katon shenoilad umotur ba'achoysoy ubitoy ve'imay. What does this mean? There are one of the very important rules in Shas is a rule called Ger Shenesgayer Kekaton Shenoiladami. When a non-Jew converts, he's like a newborn baby. He has no connection to his previous existence. He's entering a new world. He's completely cut off from what was. Whatever was, was. And whatever will be, will be. And there's no connection at all between the two, to the extent that it's uh, unbelievable. So that's mind-boggling. If you have a guy. If a man and a woman who are brothers and sister, brother and sister, both convert together, midairaisa, they could marry each other. If a mother and daughter, a mother and son, both convert together, they could marry each other. If a father and daughter both convert together, midairaisa, they're allowed to marry each other. Why? But what do you, this, this guy fathered the kid. The answer is, no, he didn't. This man and this child have nothing to do with each other. They have nothing in common. What, what, what happened in a previous existence, that was a long time ago, that was in a different world, that's the halacha, the biblical halacha, that gersh and his gayer kakatan shenodom. Imagine a brother and sister, you know, it will be the biggest scandal in history, but that's the halacha. Now Midrabanon, the Rabbanon came in and they, you know, set the matter straight so that you don't have, uh, anything inappropriate going on. But Midoy Raisa, on a biblical level, there's a rule, Gerish and Eskayer, Kekatan Shanoel Adami, two people convert, marry your daughter, your sister, your mother. Says the Chassam Soifer, there's a beautiful halacha, but where did the Rabbanon get it from? What's the source? Where in the Tarsh of Chassam, is there any allusion to this principle of Ger and Eskayer, Kekatan Shanoel Okay, and says the Chassam Soifer, very interesting expression. Biagati harbe, I toiled greatly. I couldn't find the source. Now you can imagine if the Chassam Soifer is saying he toiled greatly, he must have scanned through Shas many, many times. He must have scanned through Kala and he could not come up with an adequate, sufficient source. Where do Chazal derive Gershon is Gayer Kekaton Sheh Noiladami? Comes Meshachachma. Meshachachma Meir Simcha of Dvinsk. I once, uh, there was a Talmud Chacham in this neighborhood who was a Talmud of Rav Lezer Silver, who was a Talmud of Rav Meir Simcha. So he heard from Rav Meir Simcha, and he himself, this uh, Rav Lezer Silver, was in Dvinsk. How big was Dvinsk? How big was the city of Dvinsk? Dvinsk was so small that if you started Ashrei, by the time you got up to Soimei Hashem, Luchala Neuflim, you're already out of the city. Okay? That's how small the city of Dvinsk was. So says the Meshach Chachma, now the way he quotes over the comments of the Chassam Soifer is very interesting. Not only does he quote over the Chassam Soifer that the Chassam Soifer toiled greatly to discover and uncover the source for Gershon Eskarik Kekatan Shemel Adami, says Rav Meir Simcha 
The Chsam Soifer was bothered his entire life from where do Chazal derive the rule Gersh Neskarikakatam You look on the second line, number two, Kineskashe Koyomov Mehechan Haitsiu Chazal. From where do Chazal derive? So in other words, the Chsam Soifer had this lifelong dilemma, a lifelong search and a research project. You know? Whenever the Chsam Soifer had a free moment, he's thinking to himself, where does this rule come from? I mean, how do Chazal know a father and daughter, they both convert, they can marry each other? Says the Meshachachma, Chsam Soifer didn't know his whole life. I know like that. I'll tell you instantly, the source in the Torah, Gersh and Esgayer, Kekat and Shanana. And the source is like this. The Jews that left Egypt, presumably, many Jews were married to relatives. For example... The greatest proof is Amram, the father of Moshe Rabbeinu, who is the God of Hadar, he's married to his aunt. Are you allowed to marry your aunt? Can't marry your aunt, right? I know you wouldn't want to, but you can't marry your aunt, yeah? Amram married his aunt. And if the God of Hadar married a relative, presumably many other Jews followed suit. There were probably many Jews married to relatives before the Torah was given. Now we know, in anticipation of Kabbal Satayra, the Pasuk says, Vayoymer al-Ha'am, Hashem tells the people, Hayu nechaynim l'shloishas yomim, prepare yourselves for three days, al-tikshu el-ha'isha, don't come close to your wives. We know that before Kabbal Satar, the Jews had to separate from their wives for three days. Okay? Three day separation. Fine. So now the Torah is given. Now, they still have not gotten word that they could go back to their wives. Whereupon, in Parshas Vashchanan, the Rebbe Shalom tells Klal Yisrael, Shavu lachem la'ayalechem. Go back to your tents. Says the Gemara Ma'ikatan, ein oyal ela ishtai. Your tent refers to your wife. Says the Gemara, after the Torah was given, God tells Klal Yisrael, go back to your wife. Ask the Meshachachma, go back to your wife. Not every Jew could go back to their wives. Many Jews were married to their relatives. Many Jews were married to their aunt. Married to other relatives. So how could the Rebunisham tell Jews, go back to your wife? Maybe some people could go back to their wives, but not the Jews who were previously married to their relatives. Elamai, what do we see from here? It must be that since at Kabbalah Satoira, not only did Rebunisham give Klaiso the Torah, but we also converted the Gemara in Yuvamis on Memvavam and Bey says that the Jews at Harsinai, they converted, they did Brismila, they went to the mikvah, and they had sprinkled on them the blood of the carbon, Mila, Tfila Hazah. And in fact, the Gemara in Yuvamas Memvavambez learns out the dinam of Geros from Kabbalah Satoira. So the Jews at Harsinai, they converted. So you know how God could tell every last Jew, go back to your wife? You know how Hashem could tell Amram, go back to your aunt? Because they converted at Kabbalah Satoira. Before the Torah was given, we were all Goyim, we were Gentiles. And once the Torah was given, we became Jews, right? We didn't eat gefilte fish until the Torah was given. Not before, all right? Only Yidin could eat gefilte fish. So beforehand, we were Goyim. But now, at Kabbalah Satoira, we became Jews. So therefore, the Rebbe Shalom could tell every Jew, go back to your wife. Aye, what do you mean now? You can't marry your aunt? She's not my aunt. We're both converting. We're bo- we were Goyim. Now we're Jews. Says the Meshachachma is a proof from here to the great rule. Got it? The proof is, because Rebbe Hashem told every Jew, go back to your wife, 
Many Jews were married to relatives. It must be how? How did Rabbi Shalom say, go back to your wife? Because since this was akin to Gerus, this was tantamount to Gerus, therefore, let's say Amram converted. His, his, uh, his aunt, Yecheved, converted. So two converts can now marry each other. And therefore, this is a proof to the rule of Gershon Esgayer, Kukatan, Shen, Erladam. Okay? So what the Chassam Soifer was bothered his whole life, says the Meshachachma, I have a simple proof from the Pasuk, return to your tents. Right? Like Shomo Kavach has a song, right? Return, but a little different, right? Return to your tents. They were Jews before. What's the converting? They weren't Jews. Who says they were Jews before? They were B'nai Avram. But according to this, they were Megayer. They were, that means they were not considered Yisrael until, until Kabbalah Satayra. They have to do Kedushin now? Yeah, they had to do Kedushin. Sure, everybody says they had to do Kedushin. Certainly they had to do Ah. Now Rabbi said the Meshachachma is very difficult to understand. Number one. In the week after Shavuos, this is very rare, normally the week after Shavuos is Parshas Nasai. Every rabbi knows that Parshas Nasai is the hardest Parshas of the year. Because you have no time to prepare for Parshas Nasai. Right? Usually Shavuos is the middle of the week, and all of a sudden, you have no time, you have to give a drash on Parshas Nasai. This year, Nasai is before Shavuos, Bahaloischa is the week after Shavuos. So, in Parshas Bahaloischa, we find in the Indian of Klai collecting the man, now the man, even though they trained us in kindergarten that the man was a good thing, the man was a bad thing. The man was terrible. The man was horrible. The man was painful. Right? Because even though it could taste like anything you want, but it had no visual appearance. So imagine every day, every night, you know, your wife says, here, drink this water. So what, water for supper? Yeah, it will taste like whatever you want. Right? So after a few days, you're going to have to be institutionalized. Right? It go, go out of your mind. The man had no visual appearance. So even though it tasted as, tasted good, it was very painful, it was very distressing, it was torturous. Okay. Now take a look at number three, Pasuk Yud. Vayishma Moshe es ha'am Moshe he hears the Jewish people, they're crying. Not the, the babies, the adults. They were crying. Ish lepesach ahalai. Every man by the opening of his tent. Zakt Rashi, what were they crying about? Says Rashi, for Rabbi Seinu Amru, Lemishpachaisav, Aliske Mishpachais. They were crying about family life. Alarayos Hanesoslahem. Now that the Torah was given, and the Rebbe Shalom said, you could marry Stama lady, but you can't marry a relative. So there were many Jews who had to wish their wives farewell. Imagine that. Imagine a guy, he's married for 60 years. He just had a 60th anniversary, right? And all the children and grandchildren came over and they made a nice video for them and they had a big cake. And now the Torah is given and and everything's over. You got to move on. So people were crying. Nebuch, imagine a a whole lifetime shared together and the Torah is given. You had to say goodbye. So therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu heard many Jews were crying. Wait a second. But the Meshech Chachma just told me that at Kabbalah Satayra the Jews converted and Gershon is Gayar is Kekot and Shanel So even though the Yibbana Shalom said you can't live with your aunt anymore, she's not my aunt. She's not my sister. She's not my daughter. She's not my mother. So why were the Jews crying? According to the Meshech Chachma, 
that the source in the Torah of Gershon is Garkot and Shana Adami is Shuvulachem Loyalechem, where the Rebbe Shalom said, go back to your wives. How could they go back to their wives, says the Meshachachma? Because a convert who converts is like a newborn child. So what were these Jews crying about the Arayos that became also to them? You hear the question? It's good cash, right? This is the question of Rav Moshe Sternbach in Mayadim Uzmanim, Chilak Zayin, Simen Reish Amen Ches. So you have to say, according to the Meshach Achma, that the Jews were not crying because they had married Arayos previously, and now they would have to separate from their wives. No, really, no Jewish men would have to separate from their wives, because Gershon Eskayers, Kekot and Shonodam. What they were crying about is now that the Torah was given, their future options are limited. Because now that the Torah was given, if they were to marry someone, they cannot then go ahead and marry that woman's sister. So it's not, according to the National Chachma, you have to say, it's not that they were crying over past Arayos. Past Arayos were mutter. Because Gershon is Gayos, Kekat and Shanoladami. What were they crying over? They were crying about future Arayos. First of all, that is uh, very difficult to say. It's not mashma that way in Rashi. That's what they were crying about. Imagine a grown man. So what are you crying? Because if I marry another wife, then I can't marry her sister later. That's what you're crying about now? You're worried about it when it happens. That's what you're crying? Uh, the simple meaning of Chazal is that there were men who were crying because they had to separate from their wives right now. I mean, it's very... Very difficult to say they were crying because they were worried that if they got married, imagine some 19-year-old guy. Why are you crying? Because in four years, when the, when the, when he could, when his parents let him go out, then he's worried that he can't marry his wife's sister. I mean, but that's what you have to say according to Neshachachma. They were not crying about past arayos; they were crying about future arayos. Another very big difficulty with this Neshachachma is the episode of Eldad and Medad. Now. Take a poll over here. Yeah? Who are Eldad and Medad? Anybody know? Uh, uh, they are the very good. Moshe Rabbeinu's brothers. Brothers? Moshe Rabbeinu brothers? We know Aaron, Miriam. So Toysvah says, look at number five, that's the Canaan Valley, Toysvah says, that when the Torah was given, Amram was here, yeah, great, I'm good with that. No, don't bow down to idols, good. Shab is good. But when he hears, you know, the Israel of Arias, you know, he almost chokes. Now what do I do with my wife? He's married to his aunt. Says Toysis, when the Torah was given, Amram separated from his wife, he sent her packing. Said, he was around? He was around, yeah. He was there. Amram had to leave his wife. And Amram remarried a woman. And from that union it produced Eldad and Medad. And Eldad and Medad, who, right, we, we know that they come reporting to Moshe. Moshe Abenu, Eldad and Medad, you have some, some competitors, right? You have two guys, they're also saying Nevuah. Who are Eldad and Medad? The brothers of Moshe Abenu and Amram separated from his wife. But wait a second. Why would Amram have to separate from his wife? According to the Meshachachma, when the Jews received the Torah, they converted. That's why Rebbe Shalom says, Shuvu return to your tents. Why would Amram have to separate from his wife? What do we see from all of this? Not like the Meshachachma. That for some reason, even though the Jews did convert at Kabbalah Satayra, 
we would not apply the rule of Ger Shenes Geyer Kekatan Shenel Adami to the relationships the Jews had before Matan Torah. That is why Amram had to separate from his wife. That is why when they found, when the Kaliso found out about the Yisraelis, they were crying because they knew they would have to separate from their wives. So we have two very strong questions on the Meshachachma. And we're going to bring a proof. We're going to bring a proof, not like the Meshachachma, that in fact, to the Geros of Kabbalah Satoira, we do not apply the rule of Gershon Esgayer Kekatan Shnadam. In other words, even though, yes, in fact, the Jews did convert at Kabbalah Satoira, they converted, they had Mila, they had Tfila, they had Hazah, but to that type of Geros, we're going to prove we do not apply the rule of Gershon Esgayer Kekatan Shnadam. I saw this proof many years ago, maybe eight, nine years ago, in a Sefer base Av of Rabbi Eli Baruch Shulman. And he, in like a footnote, he brings this proof, I believe. And that is from Halach and Avon Ezer. And that is like this. The Shulchan Aruch writes, in Avon Ezer, Simon Tesvav, Sifyud Beis. It's the number six on your sheets. That Avraham Avinu is usher to every single Jewish woman. And Sarah Imenu is Asura to every Jewish man. Okay, so what does this halacha mean? We know a man can't live with his daughter, cannot live with his granddaughter. What about a great-granddaughter? Is a great-granddaughter an Isra Erva? Not Nidairai, so it's an Isra Midrabana. And therefore, Avraham Avinu is usher to every Jewish woman, because every Jewish woman is Avraham Avinu's great-granddaughter. And Sarah Imenu is Asura to every Jewish man, because every Jewish man is Sarah Imenu's great-grandson. So I ask you a simple question. Why would Avraham be also to every Jewish woman? But when the Jewish people got the Torah, we converted. And Gershon is Gayer, is Kekat and Shanel Adami. If a father and daughter convert, they can marry each other. Certainly, a great-grandfather like Avraham should be permitted to marry all his future descendants, because when the Torah was given, they all converted. It's a proof from here, not like the Meshachachma, that to the Geros of Kabbalah's HaTorah, we do not apply the rule of Ger, Shenesgayer, Kekot, and Shenon. So Rabbi said, what we would have to explain then, is why not? Because and nobody would argue, everybody agrees that the Jews converted at Kabbalah's HaTorah. We learn now Dinei Geros from Kabbalah's HaTorah. The Jews went to the Mikvah, they had Mila, and they had Kabbalah's HaMitzvahs. Whatever a Ger does, the Jews did at Har Sinai. Why then... Would we say, Amram, you gotta separate from your wife. Jews, you gotta separate from Arias. Why would we not apply the rule of Gershon, Esgayer, Kekot, and Shenoil Adami to the relationships of, of Kabbalah Satay? Okay, so we're gonna offer two approaches. Number one. When did the Jewish people start? Who is the first Jew? Who is the first Jew? What do you have to do to be a Jew? Mila? Kabbalah's Hamitzvahs? Eating matzah balls? What, are the, what, is, what makes you a Jew? What's the definition of a Jew? Jewish mother. Jewish mother. Did Avraham have a Jewish mother? No. No. So who is the first Jew? You should know the answer. It's a machlekes. It's a machlekes between the Ramban and the Tsarfasim, the French Balitoises. The French Balitoises say... 
that there was no such thing as being a Jew until the Torah was given. Before the Torah was given, we were Goyim. We were Goyim. That, and before the Torah was given, if you're a guy, Goyim follow patrilineal descent, they don't follow matrilineal descent. And that's why if you look in Parshas Emar, the Mekalel is given, his lineage is given after his father, Vashem, right? Ishmitzri. Why? Because before the Torah was given, you follow the father. Says the Ramban, I don't agree. Take a look at number seven, the last two lines. Says Ramban, Ve'in daiti ken, I do not agree. Ki me'es sheba Avraham bevris hayu Yisrael. From the moment Avraham had bris milah, we were Jews. Uva goyim lo we did not have any connection to the goyim. Says the Ramban, how do I know Avraham was a Jew? Ready for this? A very important raya. Do Goyim have the power of inheritance mid-Iraisa? Let's say a Goyim's parents die. Okay, so legally, you know, according to American law, they inherit. Does the Torah recognize the power for a Goyim to inherit? Says the Gemara, yes. Goyim could inherit mid-Iraisa. What's the proof? There's a pasuk Yerusha la'Esav nasati is harseyer. That I gave Esav harseyer as a Yerusha. So says, says the Gemara in Kedushan, Yechesam Beis, we see from there that Yechesam and Aleph, that Goyim could inherit Midairaisa. Because Esav has Yerusha. It says, Kila Esav Nasati Yerusha. Says the Gemara, you can't bring a riot from Esav. Because Esav wasn't a guy. Esav was a Yisrael Mumar. He's a Jew who went off the Derech. Ask Ramban, Esav was a Jew who went off the Derech. I thought there was no such thing as Jews until the Torah was given. How could you call Esav a Jew that went off the Derech? What do you see from here? That there were Jews even before the Torah was given. Esav was a Jew. So now what are you going to say? Who's the first Jew? Esav was the first Jew? It must be the first Jew was Abraham Avinu. So says Ramban, you see from this Gemara? That if the Gemara calls Esav a Yisrael Mumar, it must be the Jewish people already began from the times of Avraham Avinu. So I'll ask you a question. If we were Jewish before Avra, from the times of Avraham Avinu, then why do you have to convert? Right? If you're Jewish, you don't have to convert to Judaism. If you're a guy, you need to convert. But a Jew, well, what did we convert to? I mean, from the times of Kuntu Ramban, from the times of Avraham, we were Jewish. So what exactly was the Geros of Kabbalah Satayra? So says the Ritva, take a look at number 9. <clears throat> The Su, the Ritvan Ksuba says, the Iluzera Avraham Alamila. The descendants of Avraham were already commanded Amila. Ula Hachnisa Mikanusam Bevrisai. Vien Ze Ela Gemar Geros. This was not a full fledged conversion. This was just to seal the deal. This was just the Makabapatish. This was just the final step. So in other words, what the, what the Ritva is saying, combined with the Ramban, is that really we were Jewish from the times of Amram Avinu. What was the Geras of Kabbalah Satayra? It was what we call a Gemar Geras. Really we were Jewish before, we just needed something extra. Now you ask, what more do you need? Once you're Jewish, you're Jewish. What, what were we missing? So if you look in the Chidushe Granat, Hagan Rav Naftali Trapp, he explains that we were lacking a certain degree of Kedusha, Kedusha Sisrael. 
we had a Din Yisrael, we had the halachic status of a Jew, but there was a dimension of sanctity, of Kedusha, that we did not have until the Torah was given. And it was that dimension that was added with the Geras of Kabbalah Satira. So therefore, it comes out like this. We ask the question, if the Jews at Kabbalah Satira converted... Then why would they be ushered to their wives? Why were they crying over Arayos? Why did Amram have to separate from the... So, right? After all, they converted. And Gershon is Gair Kikot and Shanal Dami. The answer is, now we're saying, that even though they converted, it wasn't a regular conversion. They were Jewish the whole time. This was just a little bit of an additional Kedusha. Just a Tosefes Kedusha. This type of Gerus, which is just to add which is just to increase, which is just to finish the deal, seal the deal, this type of geros does not come along with the special halachas of Gershon, Eskai, Kekot, and Shinar, Adami. And therefore the Jews, in fact, were still ushered to their, became ushered to their spouses. Amram had to separate from Yecheved, and that's why the Jews were crying over the Yisra Arayos. Okay? That is one approach. But, for the rest of the year, we're going to focus on... Uh, Tremendous and unbelievable, unbelievable concept that's advanced by the Maral and the Gor Aryeh. Another explanation why we do not apply the rule of Gersh and Eskayr, Kekot and Shinaladami to the Gerus of Kabbalah Satar. The Maral says like this. We know once upon a time there's a man by the name of Shimon. Right? Shimon. Right? He's the son of Yaakov Avinu. Yeah? And he has a lot of kids, Yemuel, Yamin, Oyhad, Yachin, Soichar, and Shaul. But the Torah calls Shaul ben Aknanis. Shaul is the son of a Canaanite woman. Who is this? What? How is that possible? Shimon married a Canaanite? So what does Rashi say? Shimon married Dina, his sister. Shimon married his sister? Says Rashi, when Dina was violated by Shechem, she didn't want to leave. She didn't want to leave the city. She was afraid. Right? Nobody would ever marry her. So Shimon said, eh, nobody will ever know. Dina said, with the yentas around, they're going to check my shidduch resume. They're going to find out eventually. And not everybody knows everyone's business these days. They're going, to, they're going to find out. Now, we'll take it off the resume. No, everything is out in the open. Someone's going to spill the beans. Dina knew she'll never find a shidduch. So Shimon said, you know what? I'll marry you. You happy? That's fine. So, Shimon marries his sister. Mazelta. So, here's the problem. Shimon marries his sister? You can't marry your sister. Especially the Avais. We know the Avais kept the Torah before it was given. Presumably, not only did Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov keep the Torah, but their children, the Shvatim, also kept the Torah. So, how could Shimon marry his sister? Says the Maral, a very fundamental concept. That this idea that the Avais kept the Torah... Did they have to keep the Torah? Or did they keep the Torah voluntarily? They kept it voluntarily. They kept the Torah as a ger who converted would keep the Torah. The same way when someone converts. Does anybody have to convert? Whoever converts, they're doing it voluntarily. They're doing it on their own volition. They're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. The same way a ger does it voluntarily, the Avais and the Shvatim kept the Torah voluntarily like Gerim. So just like a ger, if he would become a Jew, he would have to put on tefillin and talis and sit in the sukkah and eat matzah. But he would be mutter ta'arayos because ger shenizkayer kukot and shenel adami. So to Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, the shvatim, 
they kept the Torah as if they would be Gerim, and therefore they're allowed to live with Arayos. You know how Yaakov can marry two sisters? Because Yaakov said, I don't have to keep the Torah. I'm keeping it because I want to. Treat me like a Ger. A Ger, these two ladies are also two Gerasim. They're not related anymore. You know how Amram can marry his aunt? Because I'm not, I don't have to keep the Torah. I'm keeping it out of my own volition. So I'm doing it voluntarily. A Ger doesn't have to abide by the laws of Arayos, because Ger Shinas So therefore Amram can marry his aunt. Says the Maral, the Avais kept the Torah, the Shvatim kept the Torah, but when it comes to Arayos, they were not, they were not held down, they were not bogged down, they were not limited. Why? Because they kept the Torah on their own accord, they kept it voluntarily. Gershon is Gayer Kekatan Shinodam. Okay? Ask the Maral the million dollar question. You ready? The million dollar question. If the Klal Yisrael, if the Avais, if the Shvatim kept the Torah voluntarily, so when God gave the Torah to Klal Yisrael and Harsinai, what was our reaction? Nasev did we want to keep the Torah? Yeah. So we also accepted the Torah voluntarily. So then why, when the Torah was given, were the Jews crying about Arayos? Why don't we also apply the rule? Gershon is Geir, Kekat and Shanoil Adami. We weren't, we were accepting the Torah voluntarily. We were in fact Gerim. Therefore we should be permitted to Arayos. Says the Maral, you ready for this? Says Gorarie, when do you say Gershon is Geir, Kekat and Shanoil Adami? That's if you convert willingly. But when the Jews were given the Torah, we didn't accept it willingly. It was shoved down our throats. We were forced into it. We were coerced. Amar, what does he want to say? Abravimi, Barchama, Barchasa, on the Pasuk, Vayisiyatsu, Betachtas, Ahar Melamed, Shekav Aleim, Ahar Kegigis, V'amar Lohem, Im, Mekamas HaTorah, Mutav, V'emlav, Shom, Tehei, Kfuraschem. Says Maral, the Gerus of Matan Torah was not willing. It was coerced. We were forced into it. Rav Shem shoved it down our throats. Rav Shem said, you want the Torah? Yeah, now you want it. You see this mountain? Either take it or, you know, I'm going to drop the mountain on your heads. So therefore, the, the rule of Gershon is Gai Kekot and Shanoel Adami, says Maral, only applies to a Gerus that is a willing Gerus. That the Ger wants the convey. But if the ger is forced to convert, we do not apply the rule of gerish and this guy or A forced gerus is a not a regular gerus. And since the Jews were coerced to to accept the Torah, now by the way, there are many very important explanations. Because on the one hand, we were willing to accept the Torah. We said nasev anishma. So we said nasev anishma. Why did the Rebbeim have to force us into it? Right. It's a very big question, right? The Medrash Tanchuma, Parshas Nayach says, Tarshavach Sav, we accepted willingly, Tarshavach Pel, we had to be forced. The Maral offers a suggestion, a beautiful suggestion. Maral says, that anything that's forced has much more permanence. Proof is, man marries a woman, so it will continue, but there are, there are, there's other ways out, Right? There's something called Gerushin. However, if a man is ma'anis a woman, you can never send her away. The Rebunisham Kiviachal coerced the Jewish people. He was ma'anis us, 
so that he would never be able to send us away. That's what the Maral says. The Yibam was Ma'anis, Klal Yisrael, like uh, Anusa, he was never able to send us away. But bottom line, this is Maral, that the Geros of Kabbalah Satar was a different quality Geros. It wasn't willing, it was forced, and to a forced Geros, we do not apply the rule, Gershon is Geir, Kukat, and Shanel Adami. Okay? Now why? What's the difference? Who cares if it's a, a, a Geros that we agree upon, or if it's forced? A Geros is a Geros is a Geros. Why is Gershon is Geir, Kukat, and Shanel Adami? What's the logic of it? Because someone, when someone converts... They're entering a new existence. They're cutting themselves off from the previous existence. They have no connection to their, their being Goyim. So who cares whether they agreed or whether they're forced? Either way, it's a new existence. We'll have to see. Ah. Comes Rabari Yileb HaKoyin. Who's Rabari Yileb HaKoyin? Rabari Yileb HaKoyin is the author of three of probably the most important works of Lamdos that are learned in all the Olam HaYeshivas. Rabari Yileb HaKoyin wrote, Iktsoy Sachoshen, Shev Shmeitzah, and the Avni Miluim. And we once had a share a little while ago from Rabbi Yonison Ibishitz about the Purim story. We said over the Maisa, where they once asked Rabbi Yileb HaKoyin, why were you Zoycha, that your three Sfarim were in Nesbashet B'chol Yisrael? Why did you have the merit that your three Sfarim are probably more than any other Sfarim learned in the Olam HaYeshivas? Remember what his chus was? Because he was very ill, he was very sick. And three times in his life, he had to eat on Yom Kippur. So they said, what? Because you ate on Yom Kippur, you're a Zaycha? said like this, three times in my life, I had to eat on Yom Kippur, and I had so much tsar that I had to eat on Yom Kippur, and I wanted so badly to have fasted. Those were the three biggest mitzvahs I ever did in my life. Okay? Very big uh, musr. You know, sometimes people are limited by circumstance, and they wish they could do a mitzvah, Sometimes being limited by circumstance, wishing you could do a mitzvah is on a higher level than actually doing it. But in any event, Rabbi Yilei was very poor. He was so poor, it was so cold in his house, that he had to sleep with his inkwell under his arm, because otherwise it would freeze. Okay? By the way, the Magen Avram, Magen Avram was so poor, he could not afford to buy paper. He wrote the Magen Avram on the walls of his house. And the Magen Avram that we have today, he wrote on the walls of his house. That's how poor these people were. Okay, in any event, the Shev Shmeitzah in his Hakdamah to the Shev Shmeitzah is a very big fan of the Maral, of the Svar of the Maral. And the Svar is again, that the Geros of Kabbalah Satar is a different quality of Geros. It was not willing, it was not accepted Baratzon. We were forced into it. A forced Geros is different than a regular Geros. Yeah? Now he brings the following proof. You got a halt cup for the proof. If you get it, you're going to be licking your chops. Okay? It's mamish geschmack. You won't have to eat for at least 10 minutes after the shir, right? If you get this. It's delicious. Okay? Listen to this. This is the rye of the Shev Shmeitzah. Let's say you have a guy, and he decides to convert. And before he converted, he had 13 boys, 17 girls. Yeah, he had 30 kids. Now we tell him, oh, you're a yid now. Now you gotta do mitzvahs. You gotta put on tefillin. You gotta keep Shabbos. Pruvu. You gotta procreate. So the guy says, procreate? That's, you know, that's my second name. I have 30 kids. Yeah? You say, yeah, but those kids you had when you were a guy. Now you have to have, does a guy who convert have to have more children? 
It's a machlokes achorinah. A machlokes amiram. Rabbi Yochanan says he doesn't have to have more kids. He has 30 kids, right? On his tax return, he's, he's filling out, you know, 30 dependents. He has 30 kids. They're not Jewish. They don't care whether they're Jewish or not. He has 30 kids in this world that he has to support. You know, when, when the kids come home from... They're, they're billing him for his kids at point, right? Rish Lakish says, no. He has to have more kids. You know why? They're not his kids. Ger, Shenizgayer, Kikaton, Rabbi Yochanan says, he has kids. He has enough kids already. Rish Lakish says, you gotta do it again. Right? Ger, because his previous kids are not attributed to him. Ger, Shenizgayer, Kikaton, Shenoladam. Second question. What is the mitzvah puravu? How many kids? Machloikis. Machloikis Beishamai says two boys. Beishillel says boy and a girl. Right? By the way, that's the, that's one mitzvah. There's another mitzvah of everyone is another mitzvah. But the mitzvah puravu, according to Beishamai is two boys, according to Beishillel, boy and a girl. Says the Gemara, where does Beis Hillel learn it out from? Boy and a girl? That's how God created the world. Adam and Eve. Remember? Good old Adam and Eve. They're a boy and a girl. So therefore, the same way God created the world, boy and a girl, so Beis Hillel says, the mitzvah of procreation is a boy and a girl. Beis Shammai says, no. You know where we learn out the mitzvah of Purvufam? Holy Moses. Moshe Rabbeinu. Yeah? Moshe Rabbeinu has two boys. And then he separates from his wife. He has Gershom and Eliezer. Then he separates. So we learn out, says Beishamai, from Moshe Rabbeinu, that the mitzvah of Puruvu is two boys. Okay, you ready for this? Beishamai, Beishamai just walked into the room. Yeah, everybody stand up. And we have a question for Beishamai. Beishamai, I have a question for you, Beishamai. You claim that Moshe Rabbeinu fulfilled the mitzvah of Puruvu by having two boys. Excuse me, Beishamai. Moshe Rabbeinu had those kids when he was a guy, before Kabbalah Satoira. After Kabbalah Satoira, he's a Jew. Rish Lakish says, you gotta do it again. So how could you, Beishamai, say that Moshe Rabbeinu fulfilled the mitzvah Puravu? That's good according to Rabbi Yochanan, that if you have kids as a guy, you don't have to do it again. But according to Rish Lakish, that if you have kids as a guy, you gotta do it again. How come Moshe Rabbeinu did not have more children after the Torah was given? What happened, right? Rish Lakish would say, Moshe's kids don't count. Gershon is Geyer, Kekotin, Shinaladami, right? Rish Lakish says that if you have children as a guy, you gotta start over because your children are not your children. Gershon is Geyer, Kekotin, Shinaladami. So why didn't Moshe have to have more kids? We see from here, that the Gerus of Kabbalah Satira was a different kind of Gerus. We don't apply Gershon Eskaya Kikotin Shinodom to the Gerus of Matan Taira. Why? Because it was forced. We see from here a Gaval de Garaya to the Maral that the Gerus of Kabbalah Satira was a different kind of Gerus. Normally, if you're a guy and you convert, you have to have more kids according to a Shlokish, because you converted. Your kids are not your kids. But for the Gerus of Kabbalah Satira, that was a forced gerus, and a forced gerus is not a regular gerus. We do not apply the rule of gerus and So, so, so the raya to the maral is from 
Holy Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu did not have more children after the Torah was given. Why? Why doesn't he have more kids? What happened to Gershon Esgayer? It must be, it does not apply to the Gerus of Kabbalah Satayra. That's what Beisola says, Beishamah says he did it because he was Mekayim the Mitzvah. Okay? That's what Beisola says, Beishamah says he separated because he fulfilled the Mitzvah. The question is, he didn't fulfill the Mitzvah. He's Jew now. He has to do it again. It must be the Gerus of Kabbalah Satayra. We do not say Gershon Esgayer, Katan Shinaldami. Now, it comes along the Klichemda. I don't believe we featured him in a very long time. Klichemda, Rav Meir Dun Palatsky. Meir Dun Palatsky was a Talmud of the Avnei Nezer and one of the founders of Agudas Yisrael. The, the concept of Agudas Yisrael, he was one of the founders in, in uh, Europe. Rav Meir Dun Palatsky. And he comes up with a Ga'inus de Kakasha. Number one, what is the Svara? What's the logic? That for a regular Geros, we do say Gershon Eskai And if the Geros is forced, we don't say it? What difference does it make? Forced or not forced, willing or not willing. Geros is Geros is Geros. And number two, listen to this question. He says to the Shev you want to prove from the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu did not have more children after the Torah was given, that proves that the Geros of Kabbalah Satorah is different because it's forced? Wait a second. Klal Yisrael was forced. Moshe Rabbeinu was not forced. Because how do we know the Klal Yisrael was forced? Because the Pasuk says, Vayisyatzvu betachtis hahar. They were sitting at the foot of the mountain. That's where the Jews were. But Moshe was who Moshe, Allah, Allah, Kim, Moshe's on top of the mountain. Moshe doesn't have any mountains over his head. Moshe was Makabla Torah, Biava. He was never forced. So what's the Shev Shmaitz saying? Oh, I'll prove to you the morale is right. That a forced Geros is a, not a regular Geros. Because why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu have more kids? Oh, it must be because Moshe Rabbeinu was forced. Moshe Rabbeinu was never forced. He was never forced. He wasn't under the mountain. The Jews were under the mountain. Right? Moshe is on the top of the mountain. So he had the Geirus, he accepted her willingly. For him, the Geirus was the Ratzain. So for him, we should say what? Gershon, Eskai, Kekatan, Shana, Adami. So we're back to the question. Why didn't Moshe have more kids after the Torah was given? Yeah? Gotta think about that. Rabbi say tonight, take home the sheets. Take a look at number 14. Think about it. Think about this question. It will sharpen your mind. If until, you know, sometimes, you know, you go through life, you get cobwebs in your head. You get, you know, dust, cobwebs, spiders start making webs. You can't think clearly. You can't think sharp. You, you, you understand this question? You're going to be sharp like a tack. Okay? Again, one more time. The whole proof, the whole proof that the morale is right, that a forced gayros is not a regular gayros is what? Because why didn't Moshe have more kids after the Torah was given? Must be. That a forced Geros is what? Not a regular Geros. But wait a second, Moshe Rabbeinu was never forced. He's on top of the mountain. We gave the answer last week to this question. <coughs> yeah. Oh, that's how we did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're you're a few steps ahead. You're very, okay. <laughs>
No, no, but that's not what Beishamay says. Because Beishamay says, that's what you say. <laughs> Beishamay says that he was Mekayim, he was ready, was Mekayim the Mitzvah, right? He was Mekayim the Mitzvah. Okay. So says the Klichemda, what's the logic of, by a forced Geros, we do not apply the rule of Gershonis Gag Katanshnara. Listen to this far. What's the logic that you have a brother and sister who before they were Jewish, they could not marry each other, and now that they're Jews, they can marry each other? They're from the same father and mother. The answer is, no, their relation was from a previous existence. When they were Goyim, they served idols, they believed in the constellations, they were down in the Kaya and now they're entering a new realm, they're coming under the protection of the wings of the Shekhinah, they're elevating themselves, they're becoming Yidin, they're entering a new existence. They're cutting themselves off from the past to enter a new existence. Why did the Rebbe Hashem force us to accept the Torah? You know why He forces us to accept the Torah? Because the Torah is the very fabric of the existence of Klai Yisrael. You can't have Jews without the Torah. God created Klai Yisrael for the Torah. The Rashis, Bishol Yisrael Shenik Rashis, Bishol Torah Shenik Rashis. The Torah was our destiny. That's why we went down to Mitzrayim in the first place. Why did God shove the Torah down our throats? Because you can't have a Jew without Torah. We are a nation, right? Rav Sadi Goyen says, Ein Uma Senu Uma Beli Torah. What makes us a people is the Torah. The reason God forced us to accept the Torah is because the Torah is part of our makeup, it's part of our existence, it's part of our reality, it's part of our metzios. The fact that the Rebbe Hashem forced us to accept the Torah showed that the Torah was our destiny. So what are you going to say? That when we accepted the Torah, it was a geros, and now we have no connection to our previous existence, we're entering a new realm? We're not entering a new realm. This is what we were always meant to be. This is who we always were. This is what we were preparing for. This is what we were created for. Normally, geiros means we're cutting ourselves off from the past. What? When Klaiso accepted the Torah, we were cutting ourselves off from Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. We're cutting ourselves off from our tradition. Of course not. The giving of the Torah was a different kind of geiros. Normally, geiros is, okay, I'm taking my past, I'm throwing it out in the garbage, I'm starting a new existence. When the Jews got the Torah, it wasn't beginning a new existence. It was, finally, we're here already. We've been preparing for this since the times of Avram Avinu. It did not put them in a new realm. It did not cut them off from the past. The fact that God forced us meant this was implicit in who we were going to be. And therefore, even though Moshe Rabbeinu was not forced, because he's on the top of the mountain, it's not forced, not forced. It's the fact that God forced us. It revealed that this kind of Geros is different than every other Geros. Every other Geros is what was, was in the past, and now we're starting something entirely new. No! The Geros of Kabbalah Satar was something we were preparing for, we were destined to have. It was something that was part of our makeup. And therefore, for that type of Geros, we do not apply the rule of Ger Shenesgayer Kikaton Shenarladami. Oh. Comes the Shep Shmaitza, and he adds, we're gonna add one Nukuda, okay? He says like this. When the Jews got the Torah, why didn't they cry about the Arayos? <coughs> right? They should have cried then. No, they don't cry about the Arayos until next week's parsha, parsha's the Haloscha, 
when they're complaining about the man? Why when they're complaining about the man do they start crying about the arayas? So now I want to tell you something very important about the man. You know, Maran Bet Yosef had a very good chavrusa. Who is his chavrusa? An angel. He had a malach. Come learn with him. Yeah? One of the things the malach taught the Beis Yosef was that the man was a critical ingredient in Kabbalah Satayra. In that, by the Jews eating this heavenly food, this is the food that angels eat, it removed from their hearts any physical taiva. They had no desire for gashmias. They had no desire for food, for any physicality. All they desired was the taira. In fact, the mon forced the Jews to accept the taira. Had it not been for the mon, so when Bansham offered us the taira, we'd have said, taira? I don't know. Come back tomorrow. We'll, you know, I'll let you know tomorrow. Right? The mon removed any free choice from our hearts. It forced us to accept the taira. The Al Sheikh writes, um, Hisavu Taiva. Hisavu Taiva, very interesting expression. Hisavu Taiva means they had a Taiva to have a Taiva. What does that mean? They saw something enticing and they said, I wish I would want it. They didn't even have a Taiva for it. A lot of times in life, I'm going to tell you a big trick now. Most things in life that a person desires, you can't even get. Right? Most things, a person sees something, they get excited. <clears throat> Think about it, you can't, you can't get that. There's no way to get it. But you, the Yetzirah gives a person a certain geschmack out of wanting something that's awesome. There's something, there's something that gives a person a thrill. You have a thrill of wanting something that you can't have. The Jewish people didn't have that thrill anymore. When they saw something, they said, I wish I would want it. They didn't even want it. It was painful to them that they didn't have taiva. What stopped them from having taiva? The man. It was like the man was some kind of uh, supernatural, spiritual food that removed from their hearts any physical taiva. So what forced us to accept the taira? The man. Had it not been for the man, we could have accepted the Torah willingly. If we would have accepted the Torah willingly, then we would have been like regular gerim. And we would be permitted by Arayos. So had it not been for the man, when God gave us the parsh of Arayos, we could say, I could still be married to my aunt. I would have accepted the Torah willingly. The man forced us to accept the Torah. Ah, oh, once the man forced us to accept the Torah, now we don't apply the rule of Gershon Eskaya, Kukot and Shinoa Adami anymore. And now we're Asr Barayos. So it's when the Jews got the man... That's when they cried about the Arayos. Because it's the man that made it that the rule of Gershon Eskayer does not apply and made them usher by Arayos. What? And Moshe Rabbeinu was also forced. And Moshe Rabbeinu was, uh, was also forced. And again, okay, the Sfar is not, um, not just they were forced, but the, the Sfar we're saying is, since this was their destiny and they had to, it had to be this way, this showed that it did not create a major change in their personality. Okay. So I've always said, bottom line, bottom line is like this. Chassam Soifer said his whole life he searched, what is the source in Tanakh for Gershon, Eskai, Kukat, and Shnodam? So Meshachachim said, oh, the, the, the source is very clear. Because Yerban Shalom told all of Klai, go, go back to your wives, even women who are Isra Ba'arayos. What do you mean? 
Must be Gershon this guy Kukatan Shinaladami. But we have already said this is not such a good proof. First of all, this type of Gerus we don't say Gershon this guy Because they're already Jews. It was just the Gemar. Second of all, it was forced. So we're back, we're up the creek without a paddle. What source is there in the Torah for the rule of Gershon this guy Kukatan Shinaladami? Is there any Makar in the written law, in the Tarshav Achsav, to this rule of Gershon Eskayer, Kukatan Shinodam. So if you take a look on your sheets in number 17, take a look at number 17, the, there's a Sefer Revit Hazav, Sefer Revit Hazav says, perhaps the source is from a very well-known Pasuk in Tarshav Lachlacha. It says about Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu converted many people, and it says, V'yes Hanefesh, Asher, he made them. He made them? He didn't make them. He didn't bring them into the world. Ah, oh, he did bring them into the world. Why? Because Ger, Shenis Geyer, Kekaton, Shenai This is the source offered by the Sefer Revit Hazav. Very difficult to say that. Because there's no drush in all of Shas. That, ah, oh, how do I know Ger, Shenis Geyer, Kekaton, Shenai From the Pasuk of, Vies HaNefesh, Shashar It's like, Hey, he's an Achroin, can't make up uh, his own drasha. <coughs> Others say there's a very interesting Balaturim. Look at number 18 for a moment. Balaturim says, Leisate Mishpat Ger Yasen. Do not pervert the judgment of a convert or an orphan. It should say Ger A Yasen or Ger Vi Yasen. Why Ger Yasen? As if every convert is an orphan? <coughs> is every convert an orphan? Says about Turim, you see from here, every convert is an orphan. Why? Because Ger, Shenis Gayer, Kekatan Shenel Adami. Also a little bit difficult. Does that mean halachically every single convert has the halachic status of a Ger? We don't necessarily say that. So I say, I don't know, Chsam Soifer could not find the source, so certainly we're not going to be able to find a source. But maybe the Rebbe Shalom sent my way. Perhaps we could make a suggestion over here. What is the Makar in the Torah for Gershon Eskai Kekatan Shnaldami? Okay, you ready? A Gemar and Yavamis. Ready for this? And with this we'll close. Says the Gemara, Andafem Chesamet Beis, Why do Gerim have a hard life in this world? We find... A certain interesting phenomenon. Gerim often have things difficult. Why do Gerim have a hard life? Says the Gemara, Ram Gamliel, Hananya, the son of Ram Gamliel said, because when they were Goyim, they did not keep the seven Noachide laws. They didn't keep the seven Mitzvah when they were Goyim. So ask the Gemara, Rav Yossi says, who cares? But once they convert, Gershon is Geyer, Kukatan Shinodam, and they're not accountable for a previous existence. And then the Gemara offers various interpretations. One opinion is, well, they convert, but they don't know all the halachos, or they're going to violate halacha. A ger converts. He might not know that you can't talk during Chazar Sashatz. So he might, chas v'shalom, talk during Chazar Sashatz. Or he might, chas v'shalom, talk during Berchaz Kushma. He doesn't know. A Jew who's from, from birth, he knows you know how to talk then. But maybe a ger didn't learn that halacha. He didn't learn the halacha that talking by Chazar Sashatz, the Shulchan Aruch says, is like murder. He never learned that halacha, so he doesn't know, right? So he, he doesn't know that halacha. So there, right? He doesn't know it's Gadol Avonim in a He doesn't know it's the worst Avera in the whole Shulchan Aruch. 
You never learned that halacha. From people, we all know that halacha. We all know. No, but we would never do such a thing. But maybe he doesn't know that. And therefore, says the Gemara, maybe it's because of that. And then the Gemara, I know, I like to stick it in. And, and the Gemara offers other suggestions as well. The Gemara says, why do Geirim have a hard life? Acherim oimrim. Others say, because they did not become Geirim soon enough. What took so long? Why did you take so long? You should have done it quicker. You should have done it sooner. And then the Gemara concludes, look at number 20, Amar Rabbi Avo, Vitem Rabbi Chanina, Maikra, what does the following Pasuk mean? Boyaz says to Rus, Yeshalem Hashem Pa'olech, God should reward you. Utihim Askurtech Shleim Amim Hashem, and your, your, your recompense should be complete. Why? Asher Baslachsois, because you came to seek refuge, says Rashi. What's the Gemara doing here? The Gemara is proving the opinion of the Achirim. The Achirim said, why do Gerim have a hard life? Because they didn't become Gerim soon enough. The Gemara says, I'll prove to you that it's very, very important to become a Ger right away. Because Boya says to Rus, God should reward you, Asher Bas, that you came, says Rashi. That you came means you came right away and you didn't tarry. So the Gemara is bringing a proof. We just said Gerim have a hard life because they didn't become Gerim soon enough. To which Gemara is saying, Oh, and you see Bayas tells Rus, God should reward you because you came again very quickly. So many Rishonim are bothered by a question that Rus did not become a Gerim very quickly. In fact, she was a very, very old lady when she converted. Because if you make a Cheshven, she was the granddaughter of Eglon and Melech Mayav. There were 200 years between Eglon and when Bayaz married Rus. That would make Rus a very old lady. So Rus did not hurry. So therefore the Ritva quotes his Rebbe, the Ra'ah, three lines in the end, number 21, who learns this Gemara completely differently. Now you know what the Gemara is proving from this Pasuk in Rus? The Gemara in the beginning brought the opinion of Rabbi Hanania, the son of Gamliel, who said, why do Gerim have a hard life? Because they didn't keep the Zayn Mitzvah B'nai Noyach. And the Gemara asked, what do you mean? They're not held accountable for not keeping the Zayn Mitzvahs? Because Gershon is Geir, Kekot, and Shinoi Ladami. And the Gemara is concluding, I'll prove to you in the Torah there's something called Gershon is Geir, Kekot, and Shinoi Ladami. Because Bayaz says to Rus, God should reward you, Asher Bas, that you came. That I came? I'm an old lady, I came to the world a long time ago, why are you saying that I came today? I didn't come to this world today. Says the Ra'ah, the fact that Bayaz says to Rus, the words that you came, that indicates that the day she converted, that's the day she came to the world, this is a source in the Tanakh, and in Shas, to the rule of Gersh and Eskai Kekotan Shinoi So perhaps, that which Echsam Sefer was searching for, we are in Tanakh, is there a source for Gersh and Eskai Kekotan Shinoi It's a Pasuk in Rus, Asher Bas, that we're saying the day that Rus converted, she came to the world? Came to the world? Yeah. Because on a day somebody converts, they're like a newborn child, and it's like they came to the world. So what, Echsam Sefer didn't know this? So maybe some server held. It still doesn't show that it's like you came to the world to such an extent that you can marry your sister. That far we don't see. Rabbi Isai, Yushami tells us that by the carbonus of all the Yom and Toivim, it says you bring a sawyer as a chatas. Yeah? 
Except for by Shavuos. By Shavuos, it just says, bring a sawyer. It doesn't say the word chatas. So on Shabbos, we gave one pshat. And now we're saying another pshat. Why? Why doesn't it say chatas by Shavuos? So the Yishami says, because since we're makabal the Torah on Shavuos, God considers it like we never sinned. I know Kabbalah Satara is a big mitzvah, but how could Rabbi Hashem consider like we didn't sin? What's the mechanism with which he erases our Averos? You hear the Yushalmi says, every year on Shavuos, when we're Makabal the Torah, the Rabbi Hashem wipes out our Averos. Hashem says, since you're Makabal the Torah, I consider it as if you never sinned. Consider that I never sinned just because we're Makabal the Torah? Perhaps the, the reason is like this. Every year on Shavuos, we reenact Kabbalah Satayra. Kabbalah Satayra is a geros. And every year, the Yvonne says, I consider it again like you're converting, like a gersh and a skyer. It's like you're a newborn child. Every shavuot is an opportunity to have a clean slate, to have a fresh start. Yvonne is giving us a special opportunity to mechaper our averos. And looking forward, Mertz Hashem, whoever's able to make it, to see you on shavuot. Wish you all a chakashiv sameach, a good yamtiv. Thank you for coming. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.